Welcome back to another episode of Hoop Dreams. This is episode 15. And uh, I'm back, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Um, I keep taking these like two-week hiatuses, three-week hiatuses. And uh, just, just, just life, just life. You know what I mean? Between being a mom, working, and um, I'm in the process. Well, I'm beginning a process of uh, moving uh it's it's just taking a lot of time so once i finish moving which is like it's a never ending thing uh i promise i'll be more consistent and things uh, i'll start with the weekly drops again well at least i hope to so i want to thank you for all the uh <laughs> the people that's that've been quote unquote screaming at me for where's the episode and I uh, appreciate you guys, and thank you to all the new subscribers. So this episode, um, I want to talk about everybody's favorite, <laughs> everybody's favorite topic, right? You guys, if for those who are on Spotify and Anchor and Google Podcasts, I think you guys could see the the cover, the graphic that I designed. And you already know, and obviously by the title, you already know what um what I'm gonna speak about, right? Communication, and communication, right, is the key to everything, right? So why do we all struggle with it? And I've learned, uh, I've learned that in, I've learned in my life that communication is more about how you deliver the message, and it's also about validating how someone feels acknowledging them you know really listening and what i mean by listening listening to understand versus listening to respond a lot of people listen to respond forgive the uh the untreated area if you guys can hear it in post production i'm not recording at my place so there's a little more echo here and uh, I notice before I get into the episode, I always get nervous before an episode. And even though, you know, I, I write it out and I get my thoughts through, get my bullet points of what I want to say, something about getting on here and kind of speaking my truth is, it's, it's still very scary to me. And uh, you'll, if, you'll understand a little bit more why once I get into this episode, because communication, although is something that I believe now, especially all my life, I've always believed that I was a, a great communicator. I've learned to realize I'm not really great communicator. I'm not really a great communicator. And it goes hand in hand with me being an extremely private person. And, you know, you know, I was taught not to, you know, you don't tell your business. So it's, it's hard to do that on a consistent basis and just period to get on here and, you know, kind of talk about personal things and, you know, just my thoughts, my general thoughts on things, even though I do that freely with like my friends and, you know, wherever I go, if we engage in a conversation, you know. I always share my thoughts, but 
to get personal on here and, you know, just share it with people who are listening all over the world and, you know, friends and, you know, people I just met, whoever. It's kind of scary. So I just uh, just wanted to share that. So let's get into this episode. So as a kid from Brooklyn that grew up with Hispanic parents, (laughs) and those of you who are Hispanic, I think you guys know what I mean when I say that growing up with Hispanic parents are not for the week. (laughs) It's not for the week at all. And uh, there's many challenges growing up with Hispanic parents. And my parents were not affectionate growing up. Uh, My dad, you know, he's military, so he's just like, he is how he is. He's he's a lot different now, but, you know, it was very... uh, you know, you get a lot of stares. It was like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you doing? My mom was kind of the same way, and maybe that's why they got together. I don't know. Uh, my mom would, uh, you know, listen and not react, and I kind of took that into my personality. Um, so a lot of how I was raised was, you know, kind of cold. And uh, I mean, I would show love to my friends, though. I would show love to my friends. You know, I'm always making jokes. But like talking about real stuff, you know, like feelings or like anything, you know, Um, things I wanted, nothing, nothing. I would never do that. I wasn't really allowed that space. Later in life as an adult, um, I realized that this would be become pretty problematic especially entering you know relationships and such and it was it was a it was an interesting experience so for I have I was in a relationship and I keep I keep uh stuttering and hesitating because this is this is personal to me I don't really I never do this and not never do it, but I just, I, it's very uncomfortable for me to open up. And this is something I've been working on. And uh, this is, you know, this is, this is, this is the real, you know? So I was in a, uh, I was in two serious relationships. And I guess serious because they were long-term. Um, you know, I had, I dated, um, but to me, the ones that like, left an imprint was the one that I was with for five years and another one for three years going on four and in those relationships I heard the same things right my communication was not as good as I thought it was and I was not affectionate I was cold and it always shocked me to hear this because I always considered myself as an effective communicator like, I always said what I had to say when asked without hesitation. Um, and I thought that was enough. But, you know, my first uh, my first real relationship, like, you know, not counting like a high school relationship, uh, my first real relationship as an adult, I was 18 turning 19. And I was... Uh, he was, and he was older. He was older than me, and he was kind of the same way, but kind of more 
Like he he accepted it, but he also wanted more. And you know, I remember him asking if if um if I loved him. And even though we were together for years, you know, I never really said it. And maybe I said it once, uh, and I think I felt forced to say it realistically. Um and I was I was proud of this, you know? Like, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, you're taught like, oh, you don't love these guys, you know? Like, you don't do that. Feelings? Ill. <laughs> and uh yeah. So I was I was proud of this growing up, right? But anyway, later on in life we reconnected and he asked me again if I ever had loved him. And when I asked why, he said, Well, for starters, you never said it. So I was like, I said it. I said it. Like, you knew, you know, you knew. He's like, no, I didn't. And then secondly, it's like, you never talk about your feelings. He's like, anytime I would try to talk to you about, you know, how do you feel about this? And, you know, he's like, yeah, if if we, we talk about sports all day, we could talk about life. We could talk about all that stuff. He's like, but when I talk to you about you, you don't tell me anything. And he's like, and I didn't know how to help you. And I didn't know how to serve you. And I thought about that for a minute. And uh, I was like, wow. You know, looking back at that, I was I was so young. And I thought, you know, when you're young, you think you have everything figured out. And, you know, you think it's cool to not be vulnerable and I didn't like that feeling at all because in life I've been put in positions where I was vulnerable and I wasn't protected and you know well whether it was you know if I if I shared a feeling or if I shared you know a thought opinion whatever it wasn't it wasn't valued it wasn't taken care of it wasn't cherished you know and that as a kid when you when you grow up in that environment, you start realizing, well, I can't say how I feel. I can't, um, I can't be transparent. I have to, I have to fake it. And that goes against everything I believe in. I can't, the people who know me and, you know, my personal friends and just people work related, they all know I can't be fake. It's something that I just can't do. I think being authentic and being your true self is one of the most important things you can be as a as a person and it also speaks to your character and that's something that i pride myself on but as a kid you know when you you're forced to kind of not be yourself because you're feared of judgment or you know whatever it is being laughed at whatever you 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 grow up you grow up not being so warm and uh it it's it can be problematic so at that time my answer was well you know that's just how I am you know it which is the truth but that was always, that was also a cop out right now I at that point I didn't really want to continue the conversation because that's just Again, that's my response to things that I want to get out of. I shut down. 
I, you know, I try to get out of the situation. Oh, I got to go. Or, you know, I got to run, you know, all right, talk to you soon, whatever, whatever. And that's my response to things that make me uncomfortable. I try to get, remove myself out of the situation. Um, and it's it's still kind of the same way I am now. If, uh, you know, if I feel like an, a situation's escalating and it's making me uncomfortable, I, okay, you know what? I'm I'm just going to go. I'm, I'm going to walk out. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you later. And... I've learned that I always I can't always do that, especially you know. Depending on the situation, if it's if it's a really you know a, f- a blazed situation, then yes, walk away. Um, but that's not always the solution, right? Sometimes you have to face it and just you know get through it, get through it. But anyway, um, in hindsight. I realized I was fearful, right? Fearful of being open with my feelings because, you know, when I did share them in the past, you know, it was always dismissed. You know, I never felt safe with that. And like I said, a lot of that goes back to, you know, being raised in a Hispanic home that, you know, really didn't allow for that, right? You know, uh, you know, Growing up Hispanic meant you had no voice. Your feelings didn't matter. You you were spoken, you spoke when spoken to, and your opinions didn't matter, right? I mean, now maybe this wasn't everyone's experience, but all my friends that are Hispanic, you know, we all had similar experiences. So maybe now you're starting to get the picture. It was a toxic cycle that I I didn't really realize that I was in. Now this may sound like I didn't allow myself to get close with others, but I did. But they only knew Elizabeth the athlete. They didn't know Elizabeth the person. They didn't, I mean, people knew what I liked and disliked. You know, like I was vocal about those things. But anything really personal, I never spoke about my family. I never spoke about, you know, anything that bothered me. I kind of act like, I kind of acted like uh, nothing really bothered me. And I, I kind of am that way now, um, still, but I handle it differently. Um, so... You know, I, I just wouldn't allow it. You know, some people accepted it and, and it pushed others away. And I was totally OK with this, you know, because at that time it was either going to get down or go away. So, you know, going back to my most recent relationship, you know, it changed me. It really did. It was toxic. But I'm so thankful for that relationship because it taught me a lot about myself. So I'm going to explain. You don't really realize a relationship is toxic until you're out of it. And I didn't think I was toxic at all. But I also was unaware of what that really meant. Right? When you think of toxic, when I thought of toxic at that time, you know, I thought of, you know, a guy being, you know, smothering or arguing all the time and, you know, and cursing and, you know, something like that. You know, I never thought of, you know, my lack of communication as being toxic. I didn't think that at all. So the entire time was like, this guy is toxic and I'm not doing anything to deserve it. Right. But and even though I didn't do anything to deserve it, I was enabling the situation without realizing it, right? So specifically, like I said, my communication was just terrible. And I thought that by stating how I was in the beginning was the right thing to do. 
I tried to do it differently than the last relationship, which was several years apart. But, you know, I was young in my first relationship. So, you know, I didn't know. I wasn't trying to communicate. I didn't, you know, know I had to say this. I just, you know, you just, you're young and free, right? You just go with the flow. Here I said, okay, well, now I'm in my 20s and I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to let them know this is me. You have to accept it. And that's it. And, you know, I wasn't really used to guys telling me no. So I was like, okay, well, they're just going to have to deal with it. Right. And so I said, listen, I don't hold hands. I don't say I love you 15 times a day. I don't do PDA. And it was cool until it wasn't, right? So he was extremely affectionate. And this was problematic for me. I've never experienced this ever. A man being so open with his words, affection, it was very foreign to me. I never, you know, my dad wasn't like that. You know, men in my life weren't that way. And it's kind of the old school way of how men were raised, right? You're, you know, men are raised to show no affection, no emotion. And, you know, obviously now I know, well, this is why men have temper problems or this is why, you know, men don't communicate because as kids, men are told, well, you, you, what do you stop acting like a girl? You stop crying, you know? So it's a lot of, it stems from that, but I was willing to accept it because I also didn't have to do it. So it was a win-win for me, right? But he wasn't that way. So I tried to be affectionate. I tried to do it and I just didn't want to do it. It made me feel weird. It made me feel like a sucker. And, you know, I was I was in my 20s, but I just didn't feel like I was like, this is this is whack. This is real corny. And this is not, you know, this is not G of me, you know, as uh, uh, as how I was raised and taught in Brooklyn. Right. And he didn't care. He's like, this is what I need. And I just I didn't know how to communicate it. I didn't know how to communicate that I couldn't do it or couldn't do it yet. So I lied, right? And it was a white lie. And I said, you know, I'll work on it. I'll, I'll try. And I think, uh, I, I mean, it, it was a lie because I try to pacify the situation at the moment. But me, my version of trying was I did it once. And I was like, this is, I'm not comfortable with this. Anyway, this caused issues, you know? And he called me a unicorn as he felt that I was not like the other women he was used to. I wasn't needy. I was self-sufficient, but I was so cold. It, you know, it, it felt like I was there, but I wasn't there. So that was his experience. And I kind of brushed it off. Now, I uh, dismissed it because... I felt like I said, okay, listen, we discussed this. I told you what it was in the beginning. This is what you need to expect of me, and you need to deal with it. And it that's not okay. No matter what it is, it's, it's not okay. It's almost equivalent to, 
men telling women that are in relationships or married, like, oh, listen, I'm married and I'm never going to be with you, but I still want to mess around. We could still be the quote unquote together. And men think that uh, that's okay because they're telling you in the beginning, like, I'm being upfront with you and you should know what to expect. But it's toxic and it's, it's extremely harmful and it's not okay. You can't expect someone to get a piece of you while you're expecting all of them. And that's kind of what I was doing. And it, it's not okay. It wasn't okay. Now, the relationship didn't end because of this. I left for other reasons, but I learned that I was selfish. And even though I thought I wasn't because I was such a giver in other aspects, I refused to give what I never got, love in the way that someone needed to be loved. But I also realized that I never really loved him. There's more to this that I won't get out, I won't get into because of privacy, but I didn't love him. I did show I cared with gifts, birthdays, vacations, surprises, whatever, dates, you know, planning things. I love planning those kind of things. And I thought that was enough, right? But when you're in a relationship, you have to get out of the mentality that it's my way or the highway. And to be in a relationship, you have to listen to your partner's needs and wants. Even before getting into one, you have to consider what that person needs to feel validated. And I didn't understand what that meant because all I was focused on was myself. And what I learned about relationships is that we all have a love language. And I didn't understand what that meant at the time, but I do now. So if they need good morning texts or if they need flowers, they need physical touch, whatever it may be, you have to be willing to do these things for that person. We can't love people how we want to love them. We have to love people the way they need to be loved. Within this, I learned to speak up and be vocal with my needs. It's still a work in progress, but it's been a lot better. I also learned to listen. Now I mean really listen. Before I listen to respond. Now I listen to understand. And to break that down, when you listen to respond, you're just listening so you can have a comeback. You're listening so that way you can just have something to say. You're not really listening to what the person is trying to tell you. Because when people argue or when people disagree, there's a disconnect there. There's, they're missing something. And out of frustration, you let it out. So when you're letting it out, you're expecting the other person to get it. And most people don't get it because they're caught up in their feelings. They're caught up in being up, so upset at the person that nothing really gets resolved out of arguing. But someone who's emotionally present and emotionally intelligent will listen to understand the person's frustration instead of taking it so personal and taking it like it's an attack. Now, while this may be uh, something people do and they may argue to attack you, they may argue to you know make you feel whatever, 
most of the times when people get into a disagreement, they're trying to understand the other person better. So understanding this and and realizing this has changed my life and changed the way I communicate. I end with this. Communication is not easy. It takes time and real effort to be effective at it. I'm still a work in progress, but I've been making the necessary steps to express how I feel and state when I need something. My biggest, my second biggest thing with communication is I never say I need help with something. I will rather just do something a million times than ask for help. And that's kind of something, it's it's something I am working on, but my personality and just how I have always been, uh, you know, I was raised to be self-sufficient. It's really hard to ask for help at any point in time. And it's bad because I look for people to know that I need help without me asking. And, you know, that's part of communication, right? I'm, I'm expecting someone to just ask me. But I am working on that still. So take the time to understand your needs, communicate them, and be clear. Like I said, it's not always going to be easy, but people are not mind readers, and we have to be mindful of that. Regarding love, many of us want love, but are you willing to give the love you desire in return? I want to thank everybody for tuning in, listening, all my new subscribers. Uh, I see that I have new subscribers in new countries, Taiwan and South Korea. That's that's awesome. <laughs> That's really awesome. Shout out to you guys. And I'm working on the next episode. Well, I mean, I'm always working on an episode. It's just, you know, sometimes I change my mind and well, I don't like the way I wrote it. So it's always an in progress. But I am working on a couple of things. And once I am done with my move, I will be back in full effect. So Thank you guys, and I appreciate you guys always.